What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Insanity. I've never yeah. seen anything like that. As chalk. That's like peak Jaron Jackson from a few years ago. It really is. And we are live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Monday, January 23rd. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by Adam Scher. We are brought to you by Prize Picks. We've got a seven-game slate today. We've got a fantastic week of slates. I think tomorrow's six. We get a 10 on Wednesday, which is big, but like, you know, it's the upper end of manageable. I think we only have like a four or a five gamer on Friday. Like we've got a really nice week of, of DFS ahead of us. So I'm excited for it. I hope you guys are as well. Show me how excited you are by hitting that like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell. So, you know, when everything goes live, follow both of us on Twitter. That would be helpful as well. Our screen names are underneath our bodies. I assume Adam, what's up? How's your weekend? It was good. Um, football went relatively well. Uh, basketball was whatever broke lost a little bit yesterday um but yeah no it was, it was a good weekend how was yours no complaints very relaxing recharge the old batteries which is uh something that was very very necessary i thought it was very interesting to see that uh once again DraftKings whiffed on mma and uh completely broken product that was awesome before is just as broken as it was before they gotta end it right like there's an I haven't seen a single person be like, man, this is working as intended. Really happy they made this switch. Yeah, I mean, you would think with the fact that they just can't figure out how to make it work. Like, it would be one thing if it was just it was working the way it was intended. Nobody liked it, but whatever. They have their reasons they wanted to do it. But if you're just having to cancel every single MMA slate, like how much longer can you do this? Every single like basically every single person that heavily plays MMA that has any sort of I don't even want to say like. Uh, influence on Twitter, but like the entire industry is against this. No one out there is like treating this well. Everybody's adding DK uh, assistant or whatever the hell the Twitter account is to be like, yo, this really sucks. Like, I I just don't, I don't understand what's happening. Does it have to just be bigger than what we think it is? I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm sure they have reasons for preferring late swap, I guess. I don't know what they are, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I think if it was working, it would be difficult to get them to change their mind because they yeah. just seem to want it for whatever reason. But like, it's not working. It is not working at all. I want this thing to be okay for when we get to the John Jones fight. Like we've got Islam and Volk coming up in like two or three weeks. I don't think we're going to get saved by that point. 
I mean, we got Cheeto Vera, Corey Sanhagen the week after that. Like, there are fun-ass cards. But then we get John Jones, Surreal Gone, March 4th. That's a real card. Bo Nickel on that card as well. Like, I want to play MMA DFS again. And they need to get their shit together by March. Yeah. I mean, uh, Greg said that one of his his DK guys said that there, there have been talks about getting rid of it at least. So, Good. Good. They should. It's it has not worked successfully yet. <laughs> it's over and over again. Just an absolute tire fire. Well, um, yeah, shout out to Eric Lindquist, by the way. I do want to give him the shout last night. He uh he had some interest in Thomas Bryant, and boy oh boy, did that work out well um for him. I don't know like how it worked out for him financially, but Thomas Bryant absolutely smashed and finally got the minutes that he had not been getting as of late. So just want to give a quick shout out there. We got seven games ahead of us, lots to talk about. Not the worst slate in the world. I've, I've already uh, gone through it a bit on the process show, but ready to do it now with you. You ready? Uh, Marcus Imparo said, when was the last time DK changed the rules back to where it was originally? Uh, the two immediate examples I can think of were they got rid of NBA late swap for like a season and brought it back. Mm-hmm. And they had briefly, I don't remember, I think turned like an outfielder into a utility player in MLB, for, like mm-hmm. very briefly, and everybody lost their minds and they put it back how it was. That I can't even picture because I was always playing FanDuel at that point. Uh, righty, let's do this. The Milwaukee Bucks are 11 and a half point favorites in Detroit. If you ever wanted to know how bad Detroit was, they're double digit underdogs in their own home, 228 total. And for Milwaukee, we got everybody. This is a full strength Milwaukee Bucks squad. Chris Middleton, probable Giannis back after having missed the previous five games. And this one makes it really difficult to want to go to Milwaukee. We have to assume Chris Middleton is going to be limited. He played like 26 minutes when he made his NBA debut or yeah, NBA debut season debut this year before ultimately having to get shut back down again. Giannis has been out for five games. They're, you know, almost two touchdown favorites against not the Lions. There's no ownership here. 3% to Giannis is the high mark on DK. 4.7 on FanDuel. I can't really justify a single thing for Milwaukee based on their pricing and based on how everybody's back. Yeah, it, I think it's pretty much just the usual, like, if you land on Giannis, great, but he's pulling 3% ownership with a 5% chance of being optimal. Just, you know, kind of speaks to it being a low probability play, even though he is obviously really, really good. Um, but, you know, you have Drew at 9K now having to play with Giannis and Middleton. That's clearly not the correct price. Portis is priced up. Lopez is at 6K. Um, yeah, I have no interest in this team, really, unless I just happen to get a little bit of Giannis. Yeah, like I, I don't have a single share of anybody from the dummy crunch that I ran. I think Brooke Lopez is probably the easiest guy to get just because I don't think anything really changes for him other than like his price is just, you know, at 6K, but fantasy point per minute guy playing about 30 minutes. Like if I'm going to roll the dice on anyone, I think it's probably Brooke Lopez. I can't imagine they're just going to like run Giannis into the ground in this spot at 11-8. I have to assume that Middleton is limited. It's just gross across the board. So... Easy to talk about for Milwaukee. Less easy to talk about Detroit, unfortunately. I hate situations like this where it looks like you can play a bunch of guys from the team that's projected to get their asses handed to them. Uh, Q tag on Killian Hayes. No beef stew for today. Isaiah Stewart out. And then obviously Bagley still out for a while. We've got 10% ownership or more going to Bogdanovich, Ivy, and Hamadou Diallo. And then uh, Jalen Duran, who should be the biggest get the biggest benefit of having no beef stew here. 
30% owned as a $4,500 center on DK today. Let's start with Duran. I assume we're in the agreement that he'll be starting today. How many minutes can we expect out of Jalen Duran? 28, 30. Yeah, I went, I went to 28. Obviously looks like a really interesting option. Scares the hell out of me in this spot, though. Yeah, uh, the spot is certainly scary, but if he can stay on the floor and avoid fouls, he should play a lot of minutes here uh, at a cheap price tag and obviously a good point per minute guy. Yeah. Thoughts on Nerlens Noel as a backup option here? I assume we get Duran and Noel basically splitting every minute they can at center. Yeah, I mean, my expectation, if you don't get Duran foul trouble, again, is like 28-20, 20, 20, 20 yeah. going to Noel. But uh, if you do get foul trouble, Noel should be the one to pick it up. I'm still not really that interested in in going there. Like he's not, he's, you know, a 0.8 to 0.9 fantasy point per minute guy. He's 3,600 at center. I probably won't need to. This is going to sound really weird, but like is Nerlens Noel today really all that different than he was for that three or four game stretch two weeks ago when he was the starting center? Cause I feel like he's just going to play the same amount of minutes no matter what. Yeah. I mean, when he started, you at least had that like chance that he was going to play for, you know, four full rotations and then yeah. typically just didn't. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it's obviously he projected a little bit better when he started, but it's not entirely different. Yeah. Like he's, he's completely unowned. And I'm not saying that like anybody should have a lot of Nerlens Noel, but he does not project all that differently. And if you think that Jalen Duran even sniffs any foul trouble here against the Bucks, and you can project Noel for like 22 minutes, he's the same play that he was last week at like 40% ownership. So right now we only have him projected for like 10 DraftKings points, which, so we only have him in for 12 minutes. I assume that's going to change because we have, I, I mean, I guess we just have Sadiq Bay playing center for six minutes, which he could, I guess. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, the more likely, like uh, they can do whatever they want here. They're not likely to win this game. It's not likely to be a competitive game for a very large swaths of it. I guess that could happen. Uh, maybe. I don't know. It's gross, man. It's really gross. Um, let's talk about the rest of these guys, though, because I do find Bogdanovich, Ivy, Hayes, Bay to be interesting plays. I don't necessarily know if I like one more than the other, but assuming Killian Hayes is in, like I think one of those guys is a good bet to be pretty good today. Or at least have the opportunity. I mean, this team could yeah. just score 70 points. But um, yeah, all of you know Bogdanovich, Ivy, Hayes not pulling ownership right now because he's questionable, but uh, that'll come up. They're all just like, you know, nine to 15% owned. And I think that's reasonable. The price tags look pretty much correct. But if this is a competitive game, you're likely getting low to mid thirties from Hayes. You're likely getting around 30 from Ivy, low thirties from Bogdanovich. I don't have any issue with those guys. Nah, neither do I. It's just, these are the types of games that I really, really dislike Yeah, getting on the opposite, like getting big underdog teams where like, it seems like it looks okay, but in the grand scheme of things, they might all play 26 minutes today. Yeah. I don't totally get why Amadou Diallo is pulling 10% ownership. No idea. Shooting guard, small forward, 4,200, not a ton of value out there on the slate right now. He's yeah. just one of those things that like fit together until one o'clock when we get an injury report and it all looks different yeah. is my guess. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, he played 21 minutes last game. Maybe he plays a little bit more without Stewart. But yeah. at that ownership, like he, he's just one of those guys, if he were like 2 or 3% owned, I would have some interest because like there are ways for him to get there, whether it's he picks up a few extra minutes with Stewart out or this game turns into a blowout and he plays the whole fourth quarter. Like there's a lot of, there, there are pads, but if he's going to be, you know, 10 to 15% owned already, I don't really see the advantage in going there. 
Yeah, he came out of my sim at 6%. I got 3%. Um, but like that all seems pretty reasonable to me. I don't have anything else here for the Pistons. Tricky team today. Uh, well, I guess we should hit on one thing. Uh, what do you want to do here if Killian Hayes happens to be out? Um, so I don't know who would start, but it would make Hayes or it would make Ivy look a little bit better. Yeah. I think they go to good, Joseph. Yeah, I mean it could it could be Joseph at 3K, in which case, you know, good luck. Um <laughs> it could it could be Diallo. Yeah. It's it's gonna create a little like a pretty sizable chunk of value somewhere. Uh, if he happens to be out, because I mean, Hayes does play a ton now. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would increase some assist potential for Jaden Ivy as well. I assume his true shooting when even more guys are off buries him in like the mid 40s or something awful. Seems like I, I, got, I got nothing else here for this one. So let's hit quickly on the schedule for the rest of the day, which is kind of easy. At 3 30, you have the No House Advantage NBA show. That's going to be Lofty and Neil today. So make sure you're checking that one out. You guys missed out on giant, giant overlay on No House Advantage yesterday. I know football overlaid. The NBA contest was half filled when Eric and I finished up live before lock last night. NBA Deeper Dive will be back at 5 p.m. That's going to be Adam. You'll get uh, NBA Live before lock at 6 p.m. So that covers our live shows for the day. And now, I think you guys should go uh, sign up at Stochastic if you've never done it before. Five days free, link in the description. You'll also likely see it in chat. That'll get you access to our projections, our ownership tool, the boom bust tool, which is going to tell you like how often people score their hit their target score, how often they're in the optimal lineup, their leverage. All of that data is in the boom bust tool. You get our player compare tool. So that's going to be our 1v1s and 2v2s with all of that advanced data also on the table for you, along with our brand new lineup generator. That's going to be great for anybody playing like 20 or less lineups. We'll generate thousands upon thousands of lineups for the slate. We'll throw all of the ones that we think stink directly into the trash. We let you pick between everything else that we have left. If you want a balance build, a chalky build, a contrarian build, you can swap out individual players if you want. I think you guys should check it out. If you've never done it before, five days free of Stochastic Plus Platinum NBA edition. So it's only for the NBA. You don't get everything. I probably named that thing incorrectly, but whatever. It's just for the NBA. Boston Celtics, seven-point favorites in Orlando, 229 total. Lots to talk about here. Marcus Smart out with a right ankle sprain. Malcolm Brogdon out, personal reasons. Jason Tatum is available. We have a Q tag on Robert Williams, but I'm going to put it out there right now. I think we should be projecting Robert Williams to be out for today. He got hurt on Saturday, left the game early, played 15 minutes. This is the front end of a back-to-back for Boston. They play Miami tomorrow. He sat out the back end of, or the front end of a back-to-back last week. I see no reason that Robert Williams is going to play today after taking a knock on Saturday and then sit out tomorrow. That makes no sense to me. I am projecting Robert Williams out for right now, which means three legitimate rotation pieces out for Boston if what I'm saying is true. We're seeing big ownership coming into Peyton Pritchard at 3,300. Jason Tatum is at 17%. Jalen Brown is at 8 I would like to flip-flop those two guys, but we'll talk about it. Derek White should see extra minutes. He's 16% owned. Start wherever you want with Boston. What's, what yeah, stands I mean, out? Th- there's just a lot of minutes available. Um, so right now we have 
Pritchard pulling 26% ownership on DraftKings. He's 3,300. It's always scary when Peyton Pritchard pulls ownership because Boston typically doesn't look to give him that many minutes. But without Smart and without Brogdon, you'd think he needs to be out there for you know at least like low 20s. So they only have 10 active bodies today, if I'm right about Robert Williams. So like right. even then, he really does have to get those minutes. Right. Um, yeah. So he's at 3,300 is going to project as a good value option. Um, Al Horford probably plays increased minutes. If Robert Williams sits, he's 5,500 in a good spot. So certainly some interest there right now. He's not pulling ownership, but I expect that number would come up if Robert Williams is out. Derek White at 5,400 should play a lot. He's getting 16, 16% ownership. Not a great point per minute guy, but at 5,400, if you're just expecting, you know, low to mid thirties from Derek White, that's going to make him project well. And then you get to Tatum and Brown where I'm not, I don't think either one benefits all that much from the guys being out, but you do probably get a little bit in the way of increased assists for both of them without Marcus Smart out there. And we both, we know they should both play a lot of minutes in a good spot. So uh, this is a really appealing team. Also, you have $4,800 Grant Williams who should play a lot of minutes. The problem is that he's now $4,800. Yeah, I, I don't mind him. Like I got him in for 35 minutes now, assuming yeah. that I'm right. And that'll be totally fine. How do you see the relationship between Tatum and Brown? Because for right now, given the way that this game breaks out, I think Jalen Brown is more interesting than Jason Tatum. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I prefer getting to Tatum because he's just the better fantasy guy. But um, at half the ownership, I think that Brown kind of just looks more appealing in tournaments. Right now, we have him uh, projected for 9% ownership with an 11% chance of being optimal compared to Tatum projected for 17% ownership with a 14% chance of being optimal. So um, it kind of that that basically just reflects, you know, you're going to prefer getting to Tatum. He's going to be in the optimal lineup more often, but the field also is just getting there at, you know, twice, twice as often. And they're not that different in terms of optimal percentage. You also get that shooting guard, small forward eligibility for Jalen Brown, which increases your flexibility as well. So I I have those guys flip-flopped in my ownership right now, and I'm pretty happy about it. Um, Are you on the same page? Like, It's not going to matter because the game's at seven and we're going to have it. You on the same page with me just assuming Robert Williams is out? I mean, I think that the logic that you laid out makes sense. Okay. Um, And then uh, who said it? Yeah, uh, Stephen Leibowitz in chat said, and then Horford will sit tomorrow. Probably, yeah. That makes the most sense to me. Um. Do you see any path for like a Luke Cornett or I, I think there's a mild path for someone like Sam Hauser, not the best uh, per minute guy, but if they don't want to play Justin Jackson, then they would have uh, basically a nine man rotation. Yeah. I mean, I think Hauser probably plays pretty good minutes. It's just that he's a 0.7 fantasy point per minute guy. I will say that I think in large field tournaments, like there probably shouldn't be a 26 to zero gap between Peyton Pritchard and Sam Hauser, but yeah you know, Pritchard's still going to be the one that you prefer just because of who the players are that are missing. Yeah, and we just saw um, Sam Hauser DNP on Saturday with Peyton Pritchard getting 26 right. minutes. So uh, it at least points us in that direction. Boston's just interesting given the fact that there's no smart, no problem. Agreed. On the opposite side, we have the Orlando Magic. And uh, big news for the Magic. Basically, everybody is available, including John Isaac, who is back. Uh, for the first time, haven't seen that in a while. I Since think the bubble, gonna... right? yeah. So uh, if it wasn't for the two games that he played in the bubble, he would be he his last game would have been before COVID. That's insane. Yeah, I don't know what the hell to do with Orlando right now. 
I don't know what their rotation is going to look like. I don't know how many dudes they're going to play. I think they're live to play 11 or 12 guys like constantly now, which means that the only three people that I could really look at, maybe you want to call it three and a half, Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro, Wendell Carter Jr. I don't think that anything is really going to change too much, although Bancaro's minutes have been down a bit. There's no ownership at all coming into Orlando, which makes me like these guys in GPPs the same way that we talked about, I think, on Friday. Fultz to a degree, because I think he's just going to be out there. I just don't love him for some reason. Um, what do you, How do you want to handle Orlando? I don't really want to get there all that often. You know, Obviously, it's a difficult matchup against Boston, but you also just have, you know, like you were saying, a very good chance that this team just plays like everybody as part of their rotation, pretty much. And, you know, we had talked about this earlier in the year that it was just a matter of time before Orlando turned into an absolute mess from a fantasy standpoint. So I'm with you as far as Carter, Wagner, um, Bancaro, Fultz, being the guys that, if I get to anything, are probably the ones that I would get to. They seem like the safest bets to at least play some sort of functional minutes. You know, Bancaro probably around 32, same for Wagner. You assume like 28 to 30 for Fultz and around 30 for Carter. So those are the guys where I would feel the best about getting there. None of them are pulling ownership, which does make them somewhat appealing in tournaments. Carter pulling the most at 6% with an 8% chance of being optimal. So going a little bit under-owned. Fultz going a little bit under-owned. They're all just, all four of those guys are projected to go under-owned, but under-owned in the sense of like they have, you know, a 5% chance of succeeding and they're getting 3% ownership or something like that. So very low probability plays, but decent ways to differentiate your lineup here and there. Uh, just nothing that I'm building around them because it's so difficult to be confident in their minutes when they're just going to play a million guys. Yeah, I've got about 15% of uh, Wagner and Bancaro, and that seems to be par for the course for me at, at this point, but I'm really not mad about it. If I'm going to be getting to anything from Orlando, it's not like I'm picking the random pieces. I can't imagine going to anybody else here, though. I don't know how you pick and choose. I don't have anybody projected really with enough minutes to matter. Isaac played like 16 minutes in the two games that he like combined, not combined, but uh, averaged 16 minutes in his two G league appearances. He's not playing big minutes. He's not even going to sniff big minutes. I don't know how to project anybody else for this team. Yeah. I mean, on DraftKings at least Isaac is center only as well. So certainly not rolling the dice there. Uh, no. Like the $3,900 price tag on Suggs is one when you first look and you're just like, Oh man, if they gave him minutes, that looks great. But like, they're just not giving him enough minutes. And, that doesn't mean that they won't at any time soon, but there's just no reason to expect that it's, you know, today getting Isaac back after Suggs played 12 minutes last game. Like there's just outside of those um, four guys we talked about, I don't really see a case to get to anything. Okay. We're on the same page there. Then we can go to the Atlanta Hawks, one point dogs in Chicago, 239 total. Uh, Bogdanovich off the injury report. He missed Saturday's game. And then we've got a Q tag on, on Onyeko Okongwu, which could be interesting for John Collins just in general. But assuming everybody's back and normal for today, we did get Capella back in the starting lineup. We've got 15% ownership going to Collins, 15 going to Trey, uh, scattered ownership going to Murray and Hunter. I actually really like DeAndre Hunter for 5,200 uh, just because of the way the value is shaking out right now. Guy just plays a lot of minutes and uh, kind of just feel like he's getting slept on as a GPP option. But I just like the sort of four main pieces of Atlanta, at least a little bit here against Chicago. Yeah, and I think Capella will look a little bit better if Okongwu was out as well. Uh, he got up to about 24 minutes last game, so you got just the straight split between them. I expect that you see this just get back to what we were getting previously, where you know, Capella was playing 27, 28 minutes and Okongwu was playing uh, 20, 21. But at 
$5,500 for Capella. I certainly think there's some interest there. Uh, he's only pulling 5% ownership as well, which is nice. That number probably goes up if a Congo gets ruled out. But uh, one way or the other, uh, I like Capella. Young and Collins certainly look fine. We know Collins hasn't been very good this year, but he is only $5,600 with power forward and center eligibility. So pretty easy to get to. Uh, you know the type of ceiling you're getting with Trey Young. I think that Bogdanovich at 5,100 with shooting guard, small forward eligibility is an interesting uh, tournament option. He was horrible uh, in his last game. I had a good amount of him there. It didn't come through. But um, when he's playing well, you're likely to get 28 to 30 minutes from him, which is not not bad at you know 3% owned. So um, I have some interest there. I'm with you on DeAndre Hunter as well as just a low-owned guy playing a ton of minutes. I don't have anything else to really add for Atlanta. They're a pretty easy team to talk about at this point. Uh, on the off chance that Okongwu is out, do you expect to see any John Collins center minutes? Maybe. Or is it just Kaminsky? Yeah, I, like it's kind of just gone back and forth this year. I don't know which way they would go. Yeah. Certainly, at least, it's, he either looks exactly like he did before or looks slightly better. There's no downside to it, right, at least right. for, for Collins. So that's helpful. Yeah, if Okongwu's out, it can't make things worse. All right. On the Chicago side, the Bulls are obviously without Lonzo Ball and Javante Green. Q tag on Goran Dragic. Um, we do get DeMar, De- DeMar DeRozan came back on Thursday after having missed three straight games. DeRozan is 8,900 on DK. He's 8K on FanDuel and currently pulling 54% ownership, which, look, I think that DeMar DeRozan is in an incredible spot on FanDuel. I don't know about 55%, but it's probably closer to correct than incorrect. And I do think that he's the best option on DraftKings. Everybody else for Chicago, though, just feels like a bit overpriced. Yeah, the price tags definitely aren't that appealing here. I mean, you have Levine, more ex- the most expensive now out of DeRozan, well, out of the whole team. Um, Going to play a lot of minutes, shooting guard, small forward eligible. But with DeRozan back and Vooch playing, it's just very difficult to pay nearly 10K for Levine. The $8,900 salary on DeRozan looks good. He's the only guy on this team pulling double-digit ownership. I think that makes sense. Uh, 1.17 DraftKings points per minute this year. 28% usage rate, 22% assist percentage. Should play mid to upper 30s. So I like getting to DeRozan. Um, in tournaments, if you can get to some Vooch at 9,100, sure, but that's a very expensive price tag for him. Don't plan on, you know, building around him or anything. Uh, Patrick Williams and Iodasunu basically just look like lineup filler, both pulling around 7%. The only guy that I think is actually a priority here is DeRozan. I agree. I agree. And the FanDuel price, that 8K FanDuel price is lunacy for DeRozan today. Just what are we doing here if he's going to be 8K? Right, there's, yeah, it's just a broken price. I have nothing else here for the Bulls. Me neither. Which means it's time to talk about Prize Picks, sponsor of this video. If you click the link in the description, head on over to Prize Picks and make a deposit. They will match that deposit up to $100. And what you're doing here is you're picking player props. You're looking to put them together on what is essentially a parlay card. Hit five on one card, you'll net up to 10x your entry fee. But you still get a little bit back if you get four or even three correct. So that is my recommendation. You can go upwards of six. I don't like the payout structure for six, so that's why I'm recommending you go to five. You can hit multiple sports, and they can all be cross sports if you want. So you can go NFL, NBA, college basketball, soccer, tennis, tons and tons and tons of choices. Adam and I are going to touch on a few of the NBA raw points props for today. And let's start it off with a guy that I'm a little curious about. Paolo Bancaro 
over under 17 and a half real points over what do i have here i have him yeah I, I've, I've got a pretty clean over at 21 real points so that is a bit of a gap how about jason tatum 31 and a half slight over yeah, I got him at 31.8, so I don't know how much I'd go there. Jalen Brown is at 27.5. I have a slight over for that one as well. Same. Let's see, one more. Who would be a good one to hit? Okay, uh, this one actually provides a little bit of context for us. 28.5 for Giannis. Over. Uh, we have yeah. 30.6. Yeah, I have the over as well. Interesting to see there. Um, I was curious if he was... Because like that's obviously a bit lower than what you would normally be expecting if they weren't playing the Detroit Pistons today. So, and if he wasn't just um, out for five games. So interesting to see where they line up. But that's Prize Picks for you. We got plenty of content for Prize Picks on Stochastic.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I appreciate your uh, response there to tag in with me. I, I'm happy to give credit where credit is due. Um, there's no credit deserved for that statement. It is uh, not a real thing. Yeah, I mean, if you can quantify how you perceiving them being tired against Charlotte should affect their projections today, then sure. But I'm yep. confident you can. In the one point line with the 240 total today, right. like now I'm I'm good. I'm going to assume that uh, that's taken care of. If that were the case, then Atlanta would be like eight point underdogs because we would be taking this into account. So, yep. That's not how this works. Which is the whole point of all of this. So anyway, Minnesota. This one's tricky. The Wolves are six and a half point favorites in Houston. Houston stinks. It's so incredible. Uh, 239 total in this one. So for Minnesota, Q tag on Gobert. We have not seen Gobert for the past three games. So we're doing this again. Uh, Torian Prince, Q tag. Bryn Forbes, Q tag. No McLaughlin, no Towns. Oddly enough, no Q tag on Anthony Edwards. So apparently we've put that behind us. Uh, 15% ownership going to Edwards and to Russell. Not much ownership coming in elsewhere. I actually don't mind getting to Gobert if he happens to be in. Probably going back to Nas Reed if uh, Gobert happens to be out again. What do you see here for Minnesota? Yeah, so whoever's starting at center is going to be interesting. If it's Gobert, obviously there's some risk just because of whatever the injury he's dealing with is. You know, he came back, got hurt again, um, barely played, went 
and missed a few games. So there would obviously be risk there, but he's 6,800 in a really, really good matchup. Um, I would definitely want to get there if he's in, especially if he's only pulling the 6% ownership that we have him projected for right now. Uh, then you get to the rest of the starting lineup, all pulling 10 to 15% ownership. Russell, Edwards, McDaniels, Anderson, all look pretty good at their respective salaries. Um, like you said, no Q tag on Edwards is good, but uh, yeah, they're all just going to look good here. It's a, a good matchup against Houston. And then if you're getting Nas Reed starting in place of Gobert, I will just be going right back to jamming Nas Reed into pretty much every lineup that I make. Um, when he doesn't foul, he's playing huge minutes. He's obviously a very good point per minute guy. There's still at 5,300, just no reason you wouldn't be playing Nas Reed. I can't wait to get Gobert out jam Nas Reed exactly like I did for Biombo and then have Nas Reed give Biombo the old hold my beer. I'm going to try to foul out even faster right. than you did because it's going to happen. It's going to happen for sure. Um, I don't have much else to say here. I actually, I don't know how this was happening. Jalen Noel is popping up for me. I only gave him 16 minutes. I think it's just a testament of where the value is, but I got 10% of him on my crunch and it's gross because even his minutes are down as of late. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think you probably need Prince to be out to feel remotely good about that. Right. Agreed. And like, however this breaks, it's going to be an interesting spot. You know why? Because Houston's garbage. And unfortunately for us today, I think we're playing a bunch of Houston and potentially even more. No Kevin Porter Jr. We've got a Q tag on Jabari Smith. He missed on Saturday. That Q tag is massive for what we have because this could turn into a Tari Eason slate today. We've got 23% ownership coming into Alperin Shingun at 8,400. 20% coming into Kenyon Martin today at 5K. I don't really love that Kmart ownership. To me, that feels a tad high. But I think that $8,400 Shingun at 23% ownership is not only correct, but I'd like to get more. Yeah, um, just looks really good. And he's going to continue to look really good for as long as uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is out. The, the There's two benefits, too, for Shangun. And I mentioned this the other day. The one is just that, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. not being in there, you get the offense running through Shangun more. And, you know, he just produces at a higher rate. He's around 1.3 DraftKings points per minute without Porter on the floor. But the other, uh, completely unrelated to Porter, is that we've seen increased playing time for Shangun even prior to Kevin Porter Jr. getting hurt because barring foul trouble, um, Bruno Fernando's basically not been in the rotation anymore. And it's allowing you to get, you know, instead of 28 to 30 minutes from Shangun, when he avoids foul trouble, you're getting mid to upper 30s. And so you got the increased playing time in addition to increased production without Porter. So Makes him look really, really good. Um, also, you know, looks marginally better if Rudy Gobert is out. I'm not going to just get away from Shangun if Gobert is in, but I would certainly prefer the Nas Reed, Luca Garza front court over the Rudy Gobert one. But either way, um, Shangun's going to look very good at 8,400, I think. And I'm with you as far as um, being happy, you know, even if I get over the field there. I also agree on KJ Martin. You know, I, I understand why he's getting ownership at 5K in a very, very appealing game. But I think we've also just mentioned a lot of other guys in that price range that are getting like half the ownership that don't look very different. Uh, the one that immediately comes to mind is DeAndre Hunter for $200 more, getting like 8% ownership uh, or whatever it was compared to 20% for KJ Martin. They're just similar enough players that I don't really think that gap should exist. I think the lack of ownership coming into Jalen Green is interesting as well. Uh, he is... You know, he, he takes on a bigger role without Kevin Porter. Also, you get a huge ceiling from him, about a 33 and a half percent usage rate without Kevin Porter Jr. on the floor this year. Uh, sorry, 32 and a half percent, 1.03 DraftKings points per minute. I think that the ownership there is a little bit low, given how appealing this game is. Uh, if you want to take some shots on a Jay Sean Tate or 
Tari Eason or Jabari Smith, any of those are fine as well. Uh, Jabari Smith in particular, 5,200. This is another one where, you know, he's power forward center instead of small forward power forward. But why is $5,200 Jabari Smith getting one-tenth of the ownership of 5K Kenyon Martin Jr.? Um, Jabari Smith this year without order on the floor. What He's questionable. Okay, so it'll come up. But, like, we only have him with a 4% chance of being optimal, too. Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, I've, I've got Jabari twice as likely to be optimal than Kenyon Martin for today. Okay. So, yeah. So that, that'll probably come up then, but again, it's just a spot to pay attention to um, Smith's average, just shy of a fantasy point per minute without Porter on the floor this year. Um, yeah. And if we, if we lose Jabari Smith here, Jay Sean Tate, 3,800 power forward, or sorry, Tari Eason, 3,800 power forward, Jay Sean Tate, $4,100 point guard, small forward, both of those guys, I think, have the opportunity to look better. I think Eason is probably the guy, but that eligibility for Tate would become a little interesting, and he would have the opportunity to soak up some additional playing time. Yeah. Houston is up in the air, man. I didn't think that $8,400 Alperin Shingun would be like a good play at 23% ownership, but to me, he very much is. I got nothing else for Houston. Uh, me neither. All right, so we'll go to... The Charlotte Hornets, who are seven-point dogs in Utah for today. LaMelo Ball, questionable. Uh, oddly enough, he hurt his ankle again <laughs> on this past Wednesday. Missed Saturday's game. I didn't realize the Gordon Hayward came back on Saturday. He played 25 minutes. Doubtful tag still on Cody Martin and uh, no Kelly Oubre again. Single-digit ownership across the board for the Hornets. The highest-owned Charlotte Hornet for today is, very obviously, backup center Mark Williams at 9% and What's crazy is I don't think that's all that crazy. <laughs> like, I, I think that he probably should get a little bit of love as a $3,100 backup center. I kind of like PJ Washington at 6K. I think he's least affected by uh, anybody coming in or anybody being out. But do you see anything for Charlotte and what should be a good matchup against Utah? Um, so as far as the Mark Williams goes, at 3100 if he is the backup center, I do think he's a good play. The biggest risk is just that, you could just get the Nick Richards game that we haven't gotten in a while. Um, they sort of been going back and forth between those guys. The last few games have been Williams though. So I assume it's Williams today. And at 3,100, there is a nice ceiling there. He's about a 1.1 to 1.2 fantasy point per minute guy that should play 16 to 18 minutes, assuming he plays, but um, there is always just the DNP risk with him. But as far as uh, the starters go, if LaMelo is back, difficult to get to him at 9,800, but would also make, Dennis Smith Jr. at 4,600, not look particularly good. Um, Smith played 27 minutes off the bench last game without LaMelo. Certainly would have some interest there if LaMelo is out. I don't like a lot on this team. Um, PJ Washington is up to 6K, which is fine, but nothing too exciting. We do have him projected to go a bit on their own. Plumlee at 6,700, same kind of thing. You know, he's typically playing 30 to 32 minutes. He's a good point per minute guy, but the price is pretty much where it should be. Rogier is going to look a little bit worse if Lamelo's back. Uh, certainly more interested in him if Lamelo's out at 8K. Same goes for Hayward at 5300. So um, if Lamelo's in, I don't really like anything here outside of maybe getting some Plumlee, Washington, or Williams. Uh, if Ball is out, then I think you know you probably get to a little bit of Rogier and Dennis Smith Jr. and Gordon Hayward as well. I went to 30 minutes on Hayward. Does that seem about right? Uh yeah. I don't really have a great feel for it. I didn't realize how bad he is now. Yep. He's a 0.81 guy in my model as a baseline. Like I, that's not what I was expecting to see when I looked at the column. So, and then we go to Utah who are basically at full strength. We're still waiting on Kelly Olenek to come back. He should be back probably in like a week or two. Otherwise 
we've got a ton of ownership coming into the Jazz. And there would be more if Laurie Markkinen wasn't priced like it was FanDuel making the prices. Like if Markkinen was 8,600 like he is on FanDuel and the $9,400 price was on that site and this was just balanced like you would expect, you'd be getting 20% ownership to almost all of these guys. We're at 15 for Clarkson, 27 for Conley. Another 15 for Beasley, another 15 for Kessler, another 20 for Colin Sexton. It's really hard to get to Markin in at 9,400, but in a matchup against Charlotte, you know, it's about as good as you're going to get out there. I think all of that ownership coming into the Jazz is very reasonable. Yeah, agreed. Like, it's a little bit higher than it probably should be. You know, 30% coming into Mike Conley at 5,300, 20% chance of being optimal, though. So clearly a high probability play just getting a little bit more ownership than he should but he's around a 0.9 fantasy point per minute guy that should give you 30-ish minutes um it's gonna make him look good sexton at 4400 with his playing time ramping up is gonna look good no problems going back to walker kessler after a very disappointing game last time out um you kind of just like you knew those games you know those games are just going to be there it's how things work but um more often than not you're likely to be getting 28 minutes or so from him and he's a very good point per minute guy in a very good spot so i like getting back there Beasley at 4900 is fine uh, like you said out of the main rotation guys the only guy that i think is really difficult to get to is marketing at 9400 on DraftKings, and that's still i mean the upside is is there like yeah. he's got a massive ceiling he's in, been insanely good this year offensively but it's just that you know when you put him in the same price range as guys you know like trey young for example you're, you're just never going to be able to prioritize marketing uh jared vanderbilt 4600 also not getting any ownership you got 18 minutes from him last game even in a game where kessler played 24 and a half so that's kind of interesting like i fully expected that when you did get those 24 minute walker kessler games it would mean you were getting a 24 minute jared vanderbilt game but they closed the first half with marketing yeah with marketing at center um so it was conley Sexton, Clarkson, Beasley, Markinen. I don't know how often they'll go to that small lineup, but you certainly can against Charlotte. And mm. it just makes me less inclined to roll the dice on Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah, I gave Markinen two minutes at center uh, just because of that. It seems to be in the cards, at least at this point. It scares the shit out of me. Um, at least for not only just for Kessler, but obviously for Vanderbilt, he becomes a guy that I, I don't think that I could really get to. But I have about 20% of all of those main guys save for marketing, and I feel good about it. Like, that's it, just when you're going to face Charlotte, it's a really, really nice spot. Anything else in this one? Nope. It's a pretty easy slate to talk about so far. Like, I don't, we haven't really had anything that's up in like, I think I feel like you and I are pretty much on the same page for everything that we're hitting today. Yeah, which Let's doesn't make me feel very confident. It, well, it should. It should. It sh- it should be. Uh, it should be like your favorite thing in the world. You know what? It, I think your favorite thing in the world is our new NBA Bet Pro package. I assume it's your favorite thing because that is the content that you do now. I assume we'll have some Bet Pro videos out today. I will. Make sure you guys are checking those out on the Odd Shopper channel. Our bet pro product is based on the projections that we have created from Alex Baker. You know him as Osimo. Sean Zahn, you know him as Sean Zahn. Steve Buzzard, you know him as DeColt. You can get a seven-day free trial for our NBA bet pro package. It's going to be about 16 bucks a week after that, $56 a month if you want to go a little bit bigger. Uh, the ROI over the lifespan of what we've had for BetPro is positive right now at 2.2%, which may not sound like a ton of ROI, but 
It is much better than you would expect. That's a $2,700 profit if you only put $100 on every bet. Uh, this is a product that should make people money. So I think that you guys should uh, certainly be checking it out. We give you expected value calculations, our win percentages. And then you're going to have just simple recommendations coming from people like Adam in the video. They'll, he'll walk you through what this NBA Bet Pro package is showing you for a particular day. But again, it's based on all of our DFS projections. We're already putting the time in. Why not take a look at our NBA product from a sports betting perspective? Two more games to go. This one's at 10 o'clock. San Antonio Spurs are nine-point dogs in Portland, 240 total for the Spurs. Not much to say here. Um, same guys that are normally in are in. Uh, there's not really a ton of ownership going in. It's just casting a wide net. It's about 10% to the guys that always play. Keldon Johnson, Trey Jones, Sohan, Jakob Pertl. And then you get another 10% for Zach Collins as the backup center in the Mark Williams role for this one or add a add a couple other guys for that sort of situation. Uh, we'll get one for Portland uh, on the opposite side. Do you see any priorities here for San Antonio? Not Particularly, um, it's kind of just been a difficult team to get to, at least in terms of prioritizing one individual guy. Like you have 10% ownership coming into four different guys here and then 9% going to Pirtle. But I just can't like look at it and be like, oh, like Jakob Pirtle's the clear priority or Keldon Johnson's the clear priority. They're all just pretty much priced where they should be. You do get a very nice ceiling from Keldon Johnson without Devin Vassell. 30 plus percent usage rate without him on the floor this year. Uh, good matchup as well. So at 7,400, I think that's fine. Pirtle at 6,200, I think is going a little bit under-owned. Um, we have him with a 14% chance of being optimal, 9% projected ownership. Assuming no foul trouble, you're likely getting at least 26 minutes, if not more. Um, very good point-per-minute guy, around 1.2 DraftKings points per minute. Trey Jones is about a fantasy point-per-minute guy, playing 30 minutes at 6,300. Sohan falls into that. He's a cheap forward, and we need those range, which is why he's pulling 12% ownership. Collins in non-Pertle lineups makes sense just because he is 3,800. He's a good point per minute guy. And if Pertle gets in foul trouble, you are likely to get more minutes for Collins. But um, there's not one individual guy that I would point to and just say like, oh yeah, this is the guy that you know I expect to have in 30% of my lineups or something. Shout out to Braden chat, gifted five stochastic YouTube subs. Always good to see. So I know that people are going to be happy about that one. Appreciate seeing that stuff. Yeah, I don't have much to say here about San Antonio. They're, uh, I don't know, they're sort of like Orlando at this point, but like the in that like the starters don't really play a shit ton. I don't really know what they're doing. They just don't have as much young talent. They just have garbage all over the place. And then we go to Portland. They're on a back to back, so we don't really know what they're doing. They don't really make any changes. Although Chauncey had a a line last night post game about like mixing up the starting lineup. I don't know what that would be. I have a guess. I don't like it, but for right now it's Portland taking on San Antonio. And I like Portland the same way that I liked them yesterday. we got 20% ownership coming into Lillard 20 to Josh Hart, 10 to Simons and to Grant and to Nurkic. Drew Eubanks only getting one and a half percent ownership, which I'm just going to put out there right now looks really dumb in comparison to some of the other centers that are sub 4K that aren't getting it. Drew Eubanks, by the way, played 30 minutes last night because Yusuf Nurkic only played 16. That's how this works. Definitely like Drew Eubanks at 3,200. There's no way around that one for me. If I'm willing to go to Mark Williams or willing to go to Zach Collins, there's no difference. Well, Happy to go to difference, but you know what I mean? Like, it's the same principle of a play where yeah, it's the same. It's the same principle. You just need more minutes, like yeah, which is a big difference because at Mark Williams, like average production, if he just plays 16, 18 minutes, you can get a big game from Mark Williams. You're sure. typically not getting that from Drew Eubanks in his normal playing time. 
Yeah, 0.95 guy for Drew Eubanks. Mark Williams has been like at what, 0.05, something like that? Eubanks is 0.8, and Williams is like 1.2. 0.94 on my model, 0.95 over the past 30 days. 0.81 for the season. How's that possible? You sure? Uh, as, assuming that add more funds numbers are correct, yeah. Okay, so not sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they, so they have Mark Williams at 1.26 this season. And Eubanks at whatever I just said, 0.81. Yeah, I got the Mark Williams one looks better. But Team Drew Eubanks, anyway. Um, talk to me about the Portland starters. They just all are going to look good. Um, the first thing that stands out is that Nurkic is only pulling 8% ownership right now. Uh, that probably comes up. We have him with a 15% chance of being optimal. But uh, assuming that he plays and you know there's nothing like weird going on there um 7k for him is going to look really good in this spot Uh, obviously very disappointing game yesterday uh dealing with fouls and just not playing a lot but um if he's starting there's no reason to think he's not playing his normal like 28 29 minutes which can make him look good at 7k everybody else is pulling ownership and deservedly so uh damian lillard at 10-1 just you know giving you 37 38 minutes obviously a very very good point per minute guy and then you have cheap price tags across the board everywhere else josh hart at 5100 simons at 65 grant at 67 you know we know that grant uh, Grant and Simons both take a hit in their production, as you would expect when Damian Lillard is in. But you're still talking about, you know, 35 plus minutes typically from Anthony Simons. You're typically getting, you know, 35 plus from Jeremy Grant as well. So just from a playing time standpoint, in a very appealing matchup, those guys make sense. Uh, looking at the bench pieces, there's not too much to be excited about. I am with you on Eubanks where, you know, if uh, Zach Collins and Mark Williams are going to be close to 10% owned and Eubanks is going to be one to two, he's fine. Certainly don't play him with Nurkic. Um, I do prefer those other guys just because they're better point per minute guys. But uh, the same sort of um, same same sort of opportunity exists here, where if Nurkic gets in foul trouble, you could get a very cheap Eubanks. Nas Little's been playing relatively well since returning. Don't know if he'll play on the back to back. Still only played 13 minutes yesterday anyway, though. Uh, Gary Payton second only played 16. So there's not really much from the bench that I can be very interested in because the starters play so many minutes. So. On the off chance that they make a starting lineup change, I mentioned it on the process. Um, if they do it, I think they should do it the same way that Philly just did it. It should be Simons to the bench to stagger more with Lillard, and you bring in Gary Payton. I don't yep. know if they're going to do that, but um, could make Payton interesting if you see that kind of happen at 3,100. Yeah, if, if yeah, I mean, if Payton starts, then sure. Yeah, I, I actually think that they would do it for Hart which is weird and I don't really like understand why that would work out, but you would also see a bit of a, I would assume you would see a slight usage bump to Jeremy Grant if they brought him in for Simons as well. Most likely. Yeah. Um, but for hard, it shouldn't matter. No, wouldn't matter at all. They're basically the same guy from a usage perspective, but I thought it was interesting that the, you know, the quote was out there from Chauncey. I, I wouldn't expect them to actually do anything different, but if they're going to do it, that seems like the more natural spot. Final game. The Memphis Grizzlies, one-point favorites in Sacramento, 244 total. For the Grizz, they are on a back-to-back. I don't know if there's going to be an impact from that back-to-back. I don't have a great feel for it. So I have everybody in. We've got about 19% ownership coming into Morant, 16 to Bain, minimal everywhere else. I'm happy to get to really anything that starts along with a Brandon Clark backup scenario, if need be. I still just find it really difficult to get to Memphis. Although this spot 
should be the time where you want to do it. I just don't know how to project the starters minutes. Yeah. I mean, for one, we need to wait on an injury report here because we've seen more than once Memphis just bench multiple people on their back-to-backs but assuming everybody plays 9700 from a rant is going to look good the downside to him is that he just doesn't play as many minutes as similarly priced guys like you just can't project him to play damian lillard minutes or trey young minutes but he is an excellent point per minute guy which helps make up for that it is a fantastic spot as well so uh, 9700 from rant he is pulling 20 percent ownership no real issue there desmond bain at 7200 assuming you're getting you know low 30s in minutes from him is going to look good once again, Steven Adams just not pulling ownership, and I don't really know why. Um, six and a half percent ownership at 5,900, barring or yeah, without foul trouble or blowout, you're likely getting about 30 minutes from Adams. Should have plenty of success in this spot, plenty of rebound opportunities. Uh, he just always goes on their own, and I don't really get why. Jaron Jackson at 7,300 gives you plenty of upside at low ownership as well. Um, if he plays, you know, tons of block upside there, which adds some volatility. And then Dylan Brooks, you know, sucks offensively, but. He is 4,800 and shooting guard small forward. So if, you know, once again, like we have guys pulling, uh, if like KJ Martin is going to pull 20% ownership at 5K, there's no reason that a $4,800 Dylan Brooks against the King should only be 5% owned. They're just not that different uh, in terms of projection. And then, like you said, you get Brandon Clark as the backup center to Adams, where if Adams does get in foul trouble, you get a power forward in Clark that looks really good. Yeah. I don't have anything else here for Memphis. Uh, they're pretty easy to talk about. They're just tricky. I want to see them all play in like 36 minutes and all their prices would be quite yeah, a bit we'll higher, but wait till the postseason. Maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, and as far as, I mean, this is a relatively easy team too. Like if John Morant rests, jam in Tyus Jones. If Steven Adams sits, jams in, jam in Brandon Clark. If Jackson sits, you're probably getting Santi Aldama in the starting lineup. Um, yeah. But in particular, the Clark and Jones pieces, like, they just become no-brainers if uh, Morant is out or Adams is out. And we will get all of that in the injury report when it gets released. So uh, hopefully it just comes out clean. Don't want to deal with it. But especially with this 1030 start and the fact that it's a matchup in Sacramento. And we need to get to Sacramento today. Uh, Chimetsi Metu is questionable. Shouldn't really have an effect on things. But the prices and the minutes that these guys have been playing lately... They certainly have an effect on things. 10% ownership going to Fox. Sabonis not getting a ton of love, but he's the only one that's sort of like priced appropriately. 10% ownership going to Harrison Barnes, who's been playing big minutes. 31% ownership going to Keegan Murray at 4,400. And for the first time since the first week of the season, he's getting that ownership. But this time, I actually think he deserves it. Kevin Herter pulling some love. Malik Monk getting a little bit of love. It's hard to not want to get to Sacramento today. Yeah, they're just playing huge minutes recently. Uh, we know that they've been very happy with Keegan Murray's performances recently, which um, I'm sure has had an impact on that playing time trending up. You're never going to project him for 40 minutes, but I think you can pretty comfortably expect low 30s at least from him. And at 4,400, that's just still going to make him look good. And so that ownership makes sense. Uh, he is going over-owned. I mean, we have him with a 16% chance of being optimal at 31% ownership. It's certainly a spot where you can find some pivots and you know get away from him if you need to within individual lineups. But from a value standpoint, he does project very, very well. De'Aaron Fox at 8,700 playing big minutes. Sabonis at 10-6 playing big minutes. You know, they're both difficult to prioritize in that there's plenty of there's plenty of you know a relatively high opportunity cost to their positions. There's plenty of alternatives, but they're both going to look good just based on how many minutes they're playing. You're getting a lot of run for Barnes and Herder as well. Malik Monk has not been playing minutes as a result of 
the starters now just playing a ton. You got 20 minutes last game from Monk. Previously, you had gotten like 15, 10, 15, 15. At 4K, if he plays well and steals minutes from somebody like Keegan Murray or Kevin Herter, there's still that path to a big game for him. The issue I have is that he's already pulling like 9 to 10% ownership. And I think you kind of at this point have to expect that you're getting like, you know, 18 to 20 minutes more so than 22 to 24. Yeah, I went to uh, I went to 20 on Monk. How many minutes are you willing to give Murray here? I, he's the only one that I like really struggled with because his new minute, his minutes are new. Whereas like yeah. Barnes has been playing 36, 37 minutes a game. Yeah. I mean, I think like 32 on Murray makes sense. That's exactly what I have. So that makes me feel good. But like when I look at it, it's like, ah, oh, should that be 33 or 34? Like right. that's, and that's where you, when it, when it gets to 34, that's when you start seeing that ownership, like making extra sense. Now at 32 minutes, I still get him and I'm getting him at that same mark as the public. So I don't feel bad about it at all. I feel yeah. like I'm on the spot. Yeah, and for what it's worth, we have 33. Okay. Yeah. Which I again think that I'm perfectly fine with. I could end up there. Interesting slate today. Like it, yeah, it, it didn't uh, seem it like we have one. any like giant question marks or anything. Yeah, other than what Memphis is gonna do. Yeah. So you got Bet Pro videos coming out in a bit? Yep. All righty. It's going to be a good one, folks. Contenders are out. Go back and watch the process as well. I you know, go through every single one of these rotations. It's going to be a good one. You're back for the deeper dive, right? That's you and Laffy. It's me and somebody. Yeah, it's Monday, so Laffy. You and Laffy. You get Greg and Eric for live before lock. That's it, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out the door. This has been a good one. We will talk to you later. Thank you to Prize Picks for being the sponsor, but good luck tonight, everybody. Peace. Peace.